Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Every Nation podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. So last week, Ubam Dlamini, Ubam Dlamini, they spoke about, the title was, I'm Surrounded by Idiots. Okay, I don't, I, I'm not sure about this word, idiots, but uh, Jesus is Lord, amen. Yeah, it, it sounds easy to say it, but it doesn't sound nice when you hear it. But for now, let's just focus on Jesus, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we learned something about what they were saying last week. We learned that, we learned the new word, carefront. You know, we learned the word carefront. So carefront, it means when you talk to someone, uh, constructively. They did something to you you did not like or do not approve, etc., and it made you uncomfortable how to confront them. Hallelujah. Now, we didn't go to school for kefronting. Hallelujah. So, we learned last week Sunday that there's a word kefronting. Amen. So, I know everyone like me, it's going to be a journey of learning how to kefront because I know some of us prefer walking away and some of us prefer putting Jesus here, which we shouldn't. He should always be with us and dealing with it, and then later realize, I should not have done that. So there's a word, carefront. Amen. We also learned that no one is perfect, and we need to live graciously. We need to live graciously. We are all made with purpose, and the primary purpose of them, of us being here as people, as Christians, it's for the likes of many people to get saved. That's one. Number two, it is to advance the kingdom of God. That's the main reason we exist. Amen. So we learned that last week. Amen. Now, I want you to imagine living graciously. I want you to imagine if you were to live a life graciously, how would that look like? Yeah. Let's just, you, you are living graciously. They offend you. How does a, someone living graciously live? How does that person live? That person probably uh, swallows the pride, probably, swallows the ego, if there's that offense, and is like, what would Jesus do? Lord, help me right now. Help my heart. I'm not okay. I don't know how to respond. I don't know what living graciously looks like for you, but I'm sure we can agree that living graciously, it's from that point of, Lord, help me. I can't do this on my own. What would you do to this Travis right now in front of me? because I am about to traverse him and gain force him and all of those things, but it's unbiblical, Lord, help me. Then we live graciously. So today we continue from that. So today our title is, I thought we were friends. I thought we were friends. Yo, hey, son, I thought we were friends. So that's where we are this morning. I thought we were friends. This was one of the toughest sermons I've ever prepared so live graciously towards me this morning, hallelujah. And to my friends watching and here, please live graciously with, to me. Don't do that, Sandile, please. So live graciously. Okay, all right. So here's what I need us to do. I want us to do an exercise. Okay, so I want you to take your phone or your journal or paper. If you're using a paper or a pen, I need you to write something down. You can write it on your phone. I would prefer you write it on your book if you have a journal, but if you are like uh, small, Lamini, who called me up here and I'm still healing... Uh, you can write it on your phone. Amen. Okay. All right. So here's what I want you to write. I need you to think of five people that are your friends. Now, I need you to think. Five people that are your friends. Now, think thoroughly and properly. Okay. Think. This is very key. You will be held accountable at the end of this sermon. Hallelujah. 
Okay. Now, this writing, this writing, it is between you and the Lord. Now, think, who's your friend? Now, when a pastor blesses you, he's not your friend, he's your pastor. Okay. So don't think Pastor Wayne is your friend. Now, start writing. Okay. When your connect group leader keeps checking on you, he is not your friend. He's being a connect group leader. I'm helping you now, okay? So maybe you can start scratching those connect group leaders. Now let's go, let's start writing, okay? If someone here reached you and you received Jesus because of them, he's not your friend. He was reaching the lost, you were lost, now you are found. He's not your friend. Okay, now let's keep writing. I, I hope you are writing five top people that come to mind, okay? Five top people that come to mind. For some, it could be three. It's okay. Jesus is still Lord. Hallelujah. It could be two. It could still be one. Okay. Now, we've done that, eh? All right. Now, I want you to hold on to those names because we are going to make use of those names when we are done. But before I do that, A.V., can you just do this video quickly? Let's see who remembers this video. I'm at 2,000, may not. Let's see. Stop. Yeah, we're almost done. To say hello. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So that was beautiful. That was a beautiful advert back in the days. Yeah. So so I thought we were friends. I thought we were friends. Let's go. So, so this morning we're pursuing that, but bear in mind, I will not tell you how to choose friends. I will not tell you if you have good or bad friends right now, but we are all going to dive into the Word and just listen what, to the, what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Amen. All right. So right now, I just want us to start doing a moment of reflection that this friendship we are talking about, it's not between boy and a girl, okay? Where the boy says, can we take this feather? And then the girl says, I thought we were friends, <laughs> you know? This is not the friendship that we are talking about. This is not the I thought we were friends part, okay? Okay, so we clear to my single brothers, amen? We'll see you at men's camp, okay? 
The friendship I'm talking about is, have you ever had someone you called a friend, but they hardly tell you their problems? But every time you sit with them, you tell them, you tell them, you tell them, and they are good at praying for you, they are good at advising you, and then when they go through trouble, they don't tell you anything. But they tell you after the trouble is over. Amen? They tell you, hey, Tommy, this happened, and you're like, why did you not tell me I should have prayed for you? I thought we were friends. Have you ever had a friend who hardly communicates? but always updates their WhatsApp status all the time. Like all the time. They will Bluetooth you, you send, hey, God, are you good, are you good? I'm thinking of you, I'm praying for you, they won't reply. 30 minutes later, I'm having a good day, blah, blah, scripture. I'm like, son, all right, okay. Jimmy, see a Jimmy, see a Like, okay, girl. Have you ever had that friend? Hardly communicates, but... Make sure everyone knows about her or his life. Have you ever had a friend? I thought we were friends. I really thought we were friends. Have you ever had a friend who decided to ghost you? You were so good, like life was happening. Then this guy, Matthew, he just keeps quiet. No way. Missing in action. I won't say after that they are married and then you find out they were married. I won't go there, but they just go missing. They just go AWOL. And you're like, I thought we were friends. But now the nice thing about friendship, or the maybe not nice thing about friendship for me, is there's no written contract about friendship. So we all figure out this friendship as we go. To him or her, it may not be offensive, like, dude, it's my life. I know where to find you when I need you. To you, it's like, it's our life, you know? Have you ever had that friend who ghosts you? Have you ever had a friend? Yet, have you ever had this friend who calls themselves your friend, but when going through stuff, they do not tell you to pray? Have you ever had a friend recently who bought a house or got married, and then you found out later that they were married? And then they are like, Aish, I was too busy. I didn't know what to do. It happened so fast, and then we got married. And now I'm here to tell you. At least I'm here to tell you. Have you ever had a friend who drives all the way from... Guys, I am not confronting any friendship personal right now, okay? This is the Holy Spirit teaching. Receive, okay? It's not personal. Have you ever had a friend who drives all the way from PE or Joburg or Deben or Cape Town, coming to Deben, they don't tell you they are coming? Yeah, when? Jog, jog, jog. And the next thing, they are here. And then they tell you, hey, Tommy, my friend, I'm here. Can we meet? And you're like, how did you get here? No, I was driving. So you drove six hours. You didn't even think of just texting on the third hour or the fourth hour. <laughs> now that you are here, you are texting and we must meet. And you didn't tell me. I thought we were friends. It goes further. Some even go as far as not telling you. Look, I wanted to tell you, but I was so bothered that I was not going to be able to see you. I was going to be so busy. So I thought, let me just not tell you. And there you are like, I thought we were friends. The same person doesn't expect you to get offended. You should it anyway. And then they are like, I thought we were friends. Why are you offended? You should understand. 
You should understand I'm bad with communication, but I'm good on statuses, but not texting privately. When I put a status, I tell all my friends, you should understand, it's my weakness. Have you ever had that friend? Are you that friend? Are you that friend who is not good in communication, and when caught in communication, you're like, no, man, I don't need this. I thought we were friends. You know what I'm going through. I can't be texting you all the time. We all go through that. And that often leaves us, some, some of us, we've got gratitude. We are thankful that I know where I stand. Some of us, it's an eye-opener that, Ish, okay, let's work on this. And for some of us, it's a relief. For, for many of us, like me, it's very sad. And for some of us, it does hurt us. And I remember last year, I had to switch off my phone for the whole of December because late last year, I had maybe what they call, maybe it's not in dictionary yet, a friendship breakdown. I had a, what they call, what I call friendship breakdown. So I had all these friends who I called friends and they were not meeting up my lifestyle, you know? Like they were all doing these things and I didn't understand. I tell you, you don't, you do that, you do that. You buy a car, you keep quiet, you do that. And the next thing you invite me for a drive. So I, I, I went through that. There's a guy I, I met, uh, there's a guy I met and this guy was there when we got married and he was there literally and he ushered us into marriage with me and my wife. He was there full force with the wife. So I was like, oh, this is my friend. So I got attached, friendship. Friendship 101, you are my friend, you know, and he's, uh, he's older than me, probably age, you're way, no, not Travis, that age group. <laughs> so, 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 so here I am, I'm thinking we're friends, right? So I pursue this friendship, I pursue. Now we're married, he cuts ties, but he's there. He doesn't say verbally that I'm cutting ties, but you can see this guy is done. And here I am, I'm chasing after him. Hey, Lord, how are you? I'm coming, to, I'm coming to this city. Are you there? Yeah, I'm there. He responds. He's there. He's supportive when I call. He's there when I come. Uh, but when he comes this side, he doesn't say much. He tells me when he passes. Then last year, I learned that, oh, actually, he was not my friend. He was someone who was there to help me in that season. But because Sobs has an attaching personality, loving, friend, don't want personality, it's like you help me, we are friends, we are friends, come. We WhatsApp every day, I talk on you every day, and when you're like, dude, I was just helping you. So, don't we all go through that? And this morning, I just want us to unpack that and look at the people that we have, that one, are they really friends? And the ones that we have, we start appreciating what we have. Amen. So that's the heart for today's morning, for today's sermon, that we get to realize now and not later that actually he's my pastor, by the way. But he's very friendly. And I must never mistake that with being a friend. There are times when I talk to my pastor and I'm like, is this my pastor or my friend talking? Which one is talking? You know, is this Wayne or my friend or the pastor or the husband to Trisha talking? You know, so I want us to be able to distinguish that this morning. Because once we are able to distinguish that, we are going to be able to live graciously. Now, here's what I then did. This guy, 
I cut ties with him. I delete his number, I block him, I block the wife, I block every cat and dog. I'm like, I'm done with this guy. I'm done. I don't want him in my life. I want nothing. I want nothing. Cut, block, delete the number after that. I don't even want to see the same name of their family in my phone. I'm done. I'm head, head, head. Because I put everything to him, I thought we were friends. You know? And I'm like, hey, I'm, 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 I, I preach. What happens when he, this guy comes to church and he listens to me after all that termination and cutting and isolation? How am I going to look at him? How am I going to even preach? You know? And then this is where now we come to learn how God wants us to live. Living graciously. And now, after blocking and deleting and closing my phone for the whole of December, God took me through a process of understanding. Sobs, Travis was not your friend. He was just there for you at that time. The guy you served, you were there to serve him. But he didn't see you as a friend. He saw you as a connect group leader or he saw you as someone who was going to help him through that season. But that was not communicated. So there's this other friend again. It's going to be a friend sermon, guys. Okay, bear with me. It's going to be a friend sermon. So this other friend of mine, so, so my wife does a, a nice birthday party, and he brings all these friends of mine. Apparently, they were friends at that time, but they are cut, cut, cut now. And then we sit here, and one of them says something very powerful, which was an eye-opener for me. He said, Sobs, you have this ability of bringing us together. And for me, I've come to realize that for you, it's a calling. I was like, ah, you are not my friend. <laughs> you are not my friend. So he said that at the right time because I was in a process. Someone had counseled or ministered to me that, Sobs, there's your calling and then they are your friends. Some people are going to be attached to your calling, and sometimes you're going to have to do your calling because you have to do your calling. Because if you don't do your calling, you die. So me bringing people together and loving on people, it's my calling. So I must not treat people who I'm serving or doing my calling as my friends. They could be my friends, but I must be able to distinguish between the two. So when he said that, I was like, you are actually right, you are not my friend, but you don't know. <laughs> so, but as we think about friendship, I want us to first just look at the foundation of who we are. Because it is at that point that once you know who you are and be reminded of who you are, you will know where you stand in Christ and in society. So just briefly, just briefly, Bazalon, I won't even stay long on these scriptures. Genesis 1.26, we know what happens in the book of Genesis. God makes us. What, what happens there? Let us make, let us pray. Let us pray. Sorry, church. Father, we thank you so much. We come before you, King of Kings, minister to our hearts. Your word is true. Your word is alive. We submit ourselves to you right now, Moenwele. Have your way. Have your way in the mighty name of Jesus. Right now, in Jesus' name, amen. Genesis 1:26. Then God said, 
Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, in the bed. So God makes mankind. We know this scripture. You are made by God. Say, I'm made by God. I am made by God. You are made by God. You, you look like God. Say, I look like God. Come on. Say, my friends look like God. Come on. In our likeness, in the image, in their likeness. So here, God is saying, in our image. So this is God, Father, the Holy Spirit, the Son, everything in kingdom of God, you look like it. That's you right now. So look at the person next to you and say, hi, image of God. Come on. All right. So God, God, hallelujah, God made us in his image, so we are made in God's image. The next slide, Genesis 1.26. So God, Genesis 1.27. So God created mankind in his own image. So 26, here's a meeting. Ladies and gentlemen, let us make man in our image. 27, he makes. In what image? In his image. So we are made in the image of God. Then 28, after God makes you, after God makes us, not only does he make us, but he blesses us. So you are blessed. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves ground. Say, I am made in God's image. Say, I am blessed. Say, I am made to be fruitful. Say, I am made to rule. That's it. That's you. Now, then Jesus comes up. He comes into the show, Ephesians 2.10, New Testament. Jesus then says, the Bible then says in the book of Ephesians, for we are God's handiwork. Say, I'm God's handiwork. Created in Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for me to do. You are not a mistake. Say, I'm not a mistake. I wish we can be so dramatic such that every time you wake up, you see something written, I am the image of God. I wish. You know, so like I wish we can be that dramatic, Benina, such that even when we sit in your desk, you have something written there, I am the image of God. Because it is at this point when we are so rooted in our identity that we are able to live it out fully. That we are able to live out the good news, we are able to live out graciously because we are constantly reminded of who we are. And sometimes it takes Sundays like this to remember, but when life hits us hard, we forget. But deep down we know. It just takes one person to remind you, hey, you are the image of God. And you're like, hey, you're actually right, I'm the image of God. You know, then you start. But there's a moment when you are going through that trial when you forget who you are. There's a moment when you face that rejection from that friend where you are like, why me? Why me? I've tried that friendship, it did not work. I've tried that one, it did not work. What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. 
Because you are the image of God. Amen. So when we connect with people, we connect on this foundation, friends, that I am the image of God. You are God's chosen human being. On top of all of that, you are a friend of Jesus. Amen. Say, I'm a friend of Jesus. So this morning, I am here to remind us that one, as much as we are this image, God is a God of relationships. God is a God of relationship, and we are made for relationships. I hope you wrote someone down. We are made to live together. We are made to have conversations. We are made for each other. Or else there wouldn't be any good news for us to share. So we are made for people. I don't know if that's fortunate or unfortunate, but, but biblically it's fortunate. Hallelujah. Amen. But flesh-wise, it takes a lot. But that's how God made us to be. He makes Adam and is like, Adam, you can't be alone. I'm going to make someone for you. So we are made to live with people. Say people. people. Some of us are still battling with our people's church. Uh, some of us, are, we are still battling with destiny, and as a result, there are times when in that battling, we could have made wrong friends because you have not yet discovered who you are, why you are here. Now you are in this place, and the next thing you are making wrong friends, and then you later discover that, and some of us have to move away from that place. And one of the questions I want to ask you this morning, do you know your purpose? Do you know your destiny? Are you in the right place right now? Because sometimes we will catch offense because verily we were in the wrong place from the first place. And none of us are designed or are supposed to be in that place. And that is why Jesus died for us on the cross. It is so that we can live a purposeful life so that we are where we are supposed to be at the time we are supposed to be there. Because that's a God we serve, a God who has plans for us, who has preordained, who was there and prepared for us. There's no mistake that you're on campus right now and the campus you are in. No matter how you entered, whether it was through lack of finance or finance or whatever, or you didn't get that one, but God allowed the campus that you are in right now on purpose. So my prayer this morning is that we will understand that, that, Lord, am I in the right place? Yes, check. So, Lord, work with me where I am for your kingdom. Amen. So I thought we were friends. So now we befriend people, and they also befriend us. And God allows that to happen, and when it is pruning time, we start hating on people. Now God is pruning now. Now, God is moving you from that place to where you are supposed to be, and God starts pruning around you. And I want us to recognize that as well this morning, that there are people who are going to come and go because God has allowed that to happen, especially when we are seated in him. What I don't want us to do this morning is to end this service and we have people that we hate, and people that we do not want to talk to anymore, and people we do not want to see anymore. That is not what God wants us to do. We are supposed to live in peace with everyone. And Jesus demonstrated that for us, 
and we are supposed to live like that. And thankfully for us, we have Jesus in us to help us in that journey. That is why when I started earlier, I was, how is your quiet time with Jesus? How is your quiet time with Jesus? So as a result, because of those heads, church, what do we then do? We become judge dread. Say judge dread. Judge dread judges people. That how can you do that? You are to, on top of that, you are a pastor, and then you treat me like this. On top of that, I trusted you, and I told you X, Y, and Z, and then you are treating me like this. We judge people. Here, in, in, in this house right now, we judge people for how they look, what they did. But you have money, but why not giving me? I know you have money. I know your bank balance. You showed me. Why when I need money now? Why now when I need money, you can't give it to me? We become like judge trait. And we know exactly what the Bible says about judging, that we should not judge other people. So, and the result of that, it's caused by the hurts that we have went through. The second, the second thing we become, we become the isolator. Self-explanatory. We become the isolator. Like, okay, I'm going to stay here. You stay there. I'm here. I'm not friend enough for you. You wear Nike all the time, like Gazi, you know? And I don't fit into your circle. I take Uber, Bolt. I'm not fitting into your circle. I isolate myself. I move away. Yet God has a plan. But we start isolating because of those heads. We also become the terminator. Terminate, like sobs, December. Terminate. We start terminating. Yet God has allowed those people to come into our spaces so that the kingdom of God can advance. So that, so that the, God's purpose can be fulfilled in those people's lives. And church, I want us to move away from these three spaces this morning. That Lord, I repent being, a, being judged right. Hey, Barcelona, we judge. We judge. We isolate. And we terminate. And this is not what God has called us to do. It is so easy. You feel justified. How can you get married and not tell me? How can you buy a car and not tell me? How can you go through a loss and not tell me? You know, and then we start moving away from people. And I always ask uh, uh, friends of mine or my wife sometimes that if you see this person in a mall, what are you going to do? Now you're a Christian. Now, now how are you going to sleep? How, how are you going to feel? I see you and I'm like, girl, I'm not greeting you. You know? Or you see this guy, he has a problem and you can't help him because there's a decision that you made. How are you going to feel like you're a Christian? Now let, let's just go there. How are you going to feel? It, it's, it's, it, it's wrong. It's not what God planned for us. It's not what God has planned for us. Yes, people are going to hurt us, but it is at that point when we realize that actually I had made you a friend, but actually you are not a friend. Do you understand, church? Are you with me? Let's keep going. So this morning, so I, I, I want us to ask ourselves, what is a friend? 
And we're going to just briefly look at that in the life of Jonathan and David. And I want us to learn from there and start defining what is exactly friendship and not look at the friendship that is presented out there, but let's look at friendship from a biblical point of view. Amen, Bazalwan. So I want us to, we're going to read a scripture. So this morning I want us to learn this thing from David, but in that prayer, in that reading, what I want us to realize is, one, the five or three or two people you wrote, I want us to start asking God that, Lord, how can I appreciate these friends that I have? Because sometimes you can have friends and not appreciate them and not show value for their worth in your life. Because they are not living up to your standards, it's as if they are not friends. Because friends, in your definition, it's someone who checks on you on a daily basis. But friends on her or his definition, it's someone is I'm in your corner. You know where to find me when you need me. And then now, the good friends that God has put in our place, we start not valuing them. We treat them the high loan and friend number three. Because, because they are not living up they are not living up to your standards. So I'd like us to look at the book of uh, 1 Samuel and just catch some few scriptures there to learn what does a friend look like. So one, let's, let, let, let's read 1 Samuel 18. So here, David, 1 Samuel 18. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan. Say, Jonathan. Now, Jonathan, uh, Benina, thank you, Jonathan. Jonathan was the king's son. Say king's son. Now, the king's son is meeting with David. David was a military hero. Now, here's a prince meeting with a military hero. Amen. Now, they become friends. You see that as you read scriptures that they were friends. So, it says here, there was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. Now, so from what we see here in this first instance, when we look at friendship, one, a friend is committed to you. There's that immediate connection that is not related to what you have, what you have to offer, but to you as a person. Amen. So, this is what's happening here. So one, a friend is committed to you. Say committed to me. So that's a friend. So David and Jonathan started with an immediate commitment. So Jonathan in this scenario is like, dude, chap, sissy, choza, chomi, pedo, squeezer. Oh, you're okay, I'm committed to you. And David in the same scenario is like, I'm also committed to you. There is intent and there is an alertness of what is happening in that moment. And how many times do we just go with the flow? Oh, I think he's my friend. I think we're becoming friends. I think we're becoming friends. Oh, actually, we are friends, you know? <laughs> don't we do that? I think we do that. Eh? Like, it, it, we, we don't talk. Uh, we don't talk. And then later on, are we friends? And they're always like, duh, we're friends. Hello? Can't you see? And then this thing is then called friendship. So 
there is commitment. We see commitment here. And what I love about this, this is the same thing Jesus does. He makes it clear in the New Testament. He's like, you are my friends. I no longer call you servants, but now I call you friends. There's commitment. There's communication. It's clear. There's no in-between. Amen. Proverbs 18.24 then says, one who has unreliable friends comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Amen, Basalwan. Now, the second thing we see in Scripture that talks about friendship is loyalty. Say loyalty. loyalty. A friend is loyal. A friend is loyal. Now, let's, let's look at the definition of loyalty in this context of uh, Jonathan and David. Let's go to 1 Samuel 19. So it says here, Saul now urged his servants and his son Jonathan to assassinate David. But Jonathan, say, but Jonathan. Because of his strong affection for David, told him what his father was planning. Now, what we see here, Jonathan goes against his father, the king. Now, this is the prince going against what the king is planning. He goes and tells David that, hey, Lord, Ziakal, run. Now, already here, there's a rule broken. But because there was a commitment, now loyalty is showing itself here. Jonathan is like, I made a commitment, I'm a friend, therefore, I'm going to be there for him. So, and that is why what I love about Proverbs, which I had shared earlier, is that at this point we see a father and a son, and there's a friend coming in between, because there was a commitment. What I, what, what, I, what I want to emphasize here, church, is God has plans for us to prosper. There's a purpose. In this story, David and Jonathan are living in that plan. David is on his way of becoming a king. He had received the word, and he's on that plan already. Already, Jonathan is, is in that plan already. And God brings in Jonathan to support this guy on this plane. That's a friend. That's a friend. A friend attaches to the purpose that God has for you. A friend comes and sticks to that. You want to get married, a friend attaches to you. But everything that makes you up, a friend is committed to that because that is where God wants you to be. Amen, Basalwan. So a friend is loyal. 1 Samuel 20, 42, at last Jonathan said to David, go in peace, for we have sworn, sworn loyalty to each other in the Lord's name. The Lord is the witness of a bond between us and our children forever. Then David left, and Jonathan, and Jonathan returned to the town. What I also, I think, I think many of us, like me, we have never really studied friendship much in the Bible. And I'd like to encourage us to do that, you know, and just look at friendship, how you look at Naomi and Ruth, you look at a number of guys who were friends, and a number of guys who Mamunox preached about last week who were friends, how they treated that friendship. Every friendship varies, it varies. Hence, I was saying earlier, I will not tell you how to be a friend, but we're going to look for clues how these guys were friends. There was commitment, there was loyalty. 
But there was purpose. The common thing in all these friendships in the Bible, there's purpose. And a friend supports that purpose. A friend is there for you and ensures that you get to where God needs you to be. Amen, Bazalwan. The last part, a friend is available. Say available. available. A friend will come where you at and meet right there at your hiding place. That's a friend. Yeah, guys, are your friendship, Lindo Sienzai? It's not friendship what we're doing, what I've been doing, what some of us are doing. It's not friendship. I believe we can do better. I believe we can do better. I do understand, man, life is getting the best of us. Work, studying that, 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 that. I pray that we get to a place where we're like, Lord, no, 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 no. I have to make time for my friends. I have to be there for my friends. Because you have called this person for me to walk with or for them to walk with me. But you have called us into this journey. So I need to honor that calling. And the mistake that I have made, I don't know about you, I have made 10 friends and I couldn't be there for any of them. And I got to learn that, no, actually, Sobs, these are your real friends. Then they went from 15 to 10, from 10 to 5, and now I can make time for them. I can be there for them. So maybe some of us need to look at that. That out of these 10 or 15 or 6 people, who are your key, key people that God has called you to walk with? It doesn't mean we forsake the rest, but you know exactly where to start. It doesn't mean that what you do for your friend, you will not do for your connect group member or your church, what, what, or your colleague. It doesn't mean that. But you are clear and your conscience is alert that these one, two, three, if anything happens to me, I know they will live where they are and they will come and rescue me without asking questions. There's a friend of mine this week, I had to make a decision at home and I was conflicted and I could see that I'm emotional about the decision. I was, I was caught in emotions because in this journey, we get caught in emotions. We get lost in the turmoil. We, it's busy. It's happening. Pressure, stress, all of that. You get lost in that. So I call this guy because now I'm in a place where I think I cannot think properly. But I think I've thought properly, but now I'm looking for a sounding board. So I call this guy and I'm saying, dude, X, Y, Z, what do I do? He says something I don't agree with. I'm like, Really? So, because I know where he is in that category, I was like, okay, fine, you know what? I'm going to do what you are saying. Because I know this guy in my life, he has my best interest at heart. He knows me in my weaknesses. He knows me in my strong points. So, for him to say this, he knows me, right? So, I drop the phone. I make the call. I make the decision. And it was the best decision I've ever made. And right now, I'm going to live a very happy life for probably the rest of this year. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I won't tell you what I did, but I'll leave you wondering. But the point, the point is, a friend comes in those times. Now, I'm, I'm in a journey of unfolding my purpose and my destiny. I'm living it. And a friend comes in those times to say, Sobs, I've got you. You can't pray, I'll pray. Just go. Sobs, have you checked this? 
You know, that's what a friend does. It attaches itself to where God is taking you. And it supports you. That is what a friend does. Hallelujah, Bazalwan. Can we be those friends? Do we have those friends? Amen. You're going to have those friends. So, 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 so let's look at availability. 1 Samuel 20, 41. It says, as soon as the boy was gone, David came out from where he had been hiding near the stone pile. Then David bowed three times to Jonathan with his face to the ground. Both of them were in tears. They embraced each other. I'm talking about availability. Jonathan leaves the castle. He goes to where David was hiding. Availability. Let's look at Job 2, 11 to 13. Now, we all know the story of Job, but I think the focus now, I want us to focus on these verses because as you read the book of Job, these friends, uh, uh, there were some issues where God was not happy with them, how they dealt with Job. But for me, here's what stood out. When Job's three friends, say three friends. Do you have three friends? I'm, I'm not making sure. Let's see. When, when Job's three friends, that and Bildad and that and that, heard about all the troubles that had come upon him, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. They left where they were and they went to Job to comfort him and sympathize with him. It continues how they did that. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud. They tore their robes. Now, that symbolized that, dude, we are with you. We feel what you feel. That's why they did that. They were like, oh, you are throwing tantrums. We are throwing tantrums. We are, we are. It was an expression of, I feel you. In today, it was more like, I feel you. I've got you. Now, here's what's, what excites me the most. They get there, they sit down, they say nothing for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. They were available. I don't know what friends you have. Maybe they'll get there, they'll start talking. It's fine, Jesus is Lord, amen. <laughs> but these friends in this scripture, they get there, they keep quiet. And sometimes that's all we need. But if you have a friend, some of, you will, some of you will even tell you, friend, I just need you to keep quiet and just sit down. <laughs> I don't think these guys were told. But I think we are open enough now to be able to do that. You know? So both of these gestures when were obvious and noticeable to Job that you are with me. You are here for me. A friend, dummy, is there for the friend. We are available we are loyal, we are committed. So, may we not settle for less, church. May we not settle for less. May we not settle for less. A friend is committed, a friend is loyal, a friend is available. There are areas where we probably need to do better. I haven't shown much commitment, I probably need to work on commitment. I haven't shown loyalty, I probably need to get more loyal and start expressing loyalty as, as, as much as I can. I haven't been available. I need to start getting available. We need to master this area of friendship because there's purpose at stake. There's destiny at stake. There's advancing of the kingdom at stake. 
there, there are souls at stake. When, when this is all done, when this is all done, all we will account for in heaven is, did we advance the kingdom of God? Did people get saved? That's all. When, when eternity, when it's here, that's the only question. It will not be the number of friends you had, the quality and the fourth and the fourth. Did we advance the kingdom of God? So, Bazalwane, are you committed? I'd like for you now to take those friends that you wrote in the beginning, and I want you to look at them. Pastor Wayne, please look at them. I'd like for you to look at them and start asking yourself that who in those friends have you not shown much commitment to? Look. So who of those friends have you not committed to? Who of those friends have you not shown loyalty to? Who of those friends have you not been available for them? And can you start trusting God that, Lord, from now on, help me to be a better friend? I've relocated. I didn't tell my friends. I'm here. I, I don't know what it looks like for you, but anything that shows commitment, availability, and loyalty. The friends that you are looking at, are they committed? Are they loyal? Are they available? If not, maybe for some of us need to care front. Maybe some of us need to care front. Hey, dude. Hey, sissy. Hey, chomi. Hey, choza. This is how I'm feeling about this thing. Can we talk about it? There's a friend of mine, years ago, this guy never confided, he never told me his problems, but I told him all my problems. Ne? <laughs> Every time we met, he loved me, I loved him. But when it comes to, oh no, 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 when it comes to telling problems or great milestones, things are happening in his life, no, no, he kept quiet. But I knew he has a heart for me, I knew that. At least that kept me going. So, so this other time, I'm like, I'm going to end this friendship. I'm done with this guy, Lord. I'm done. So I pray about it, and I, I, I sense that God is saying, cut it, boy, cut it, boy. I'm like, yes, Lord. I'm like, yes. So I drive. I drive. I go to Mtanga. We sit down for coffee, and I'm ready. But something happens in between. I think I call another friend, and I offload on this friend. I'm like, hey, Fred, this friend, you know. And this friend comes me down, and he's like, you are also right, though. So now I come down. So I get there. So I, I, confront, I confront this friend now because before I called this friend, I was going to give him, you know. But for so many years, when I got in what team, and now this is happening, you didn't tell me. This is how I found out. And now, you know, sobs with drama, guys. Sobs with drama. Yeah. So we sit down. I tell him, and then this is what he says to me. So I tell him that this is how I feel. You don't tell me when things are happening in your life. I should have prayed for you. I could have prayed for you. So this is what he says, which was very fascinating. He says, Sobs, the reason I did not do that, it's because I used to do that, and I got hurt. When I did that, people would think I'm boasting, and they would take advantage of me. And as a result, I got hurt. So I told myself that from now on, any friend I have, I will keep things to myself. Eva, mm, did, did you feel that? Now, that is what happens when we care front. And that is what happens in friendship. People are going to come, and when we care front and live graciously, we are going to start unpacking those things. And my friend, 
eventually found healing and eventually started trusting me with his information. But I was now a better friend to him. I was not judging him, but I was now a better friend to him because I understood. Because I made commitment, I seeked clarity, I confronted. And now the relationship has been going on for more than 10 years now. You know, and I'm there for him, he knows, and so forth. So my point is, church, we need to start learning to care front. We need to start saying, hey, this is how this makes me feel. And we trust God that they will respond well and show where their heart is so that we journey together. Because at Kabelini, we will all go to heaven and we will all be held accountable of how we impacted people and what we did in people's lives. Amen, Bazalwan. There are relationships that will come to an end, and God allows that. But what I see in the Bible, friendship doesn't come to an end. Real friendship goes on and on and on and on. It unpacks itself in different scenarios of our lives. There's a friend of mine who stopped being friends with this guy, and I asked him, if those guys stop being your friends, were they real friends? Were they friends from the first place? Or were they relationships that God had brought to you at that time of your life? Because the friends I see in the Bible were there throughout. Jesus is there from start to finish. David and Jonathan were there throughout. Naomi and Ruth were there throughout. We look at the life of Moses and Aaron, it was there throughout. So, church, maybe we can stand. So, I thank God for sermons and preparing a message because you always pray that, Lord, deal with me first. Uh, teach me this thing. And one of the things that happened yesterday, which was very powerful for me, was I called one of these friends who I have not valued. I have not shown appreciation, you know, and I called him. And I said, just start loving on this guy, you know. I started appreciating him. Hey, look, I love this about you. This is, the, this is how you mattered in my life. I remember that. This is how you are important to me. And thank you for that. And I apologized where I know that, hey, I know I was in there for you at this time. I know. And maybe some of us need to start doing that. Appreciating what God has given us because when we start appreciating, we, we, we encourage the other person and it also uplifts us. So I did that, and I did a lot of crying. I did a lot of crying yesterday, a lot of crying. Like, Jesus was like, hey, dude, stop it, man, you know? But I cried. And here's the reason I cried. Here's the reason I cried, because I went through a stage of isolating, terminating, and judging. And I'm a man of God, hallelujah. I'm a man of God. But I did that. And I came to understand the value those people placed in my life and how, how they mattered in that season and how God had allowed them for that season. So now that means I need to start saving their numbers, maybe, <laughs> and just knowing that at least there's peace in my heart. But before this message, there was no peace in my heart. 
And I remember my wife saying this other time, we need to go to Joburg. I was like, okay, if we go to Joburg, we're going to south, not north. Because I was not in a peaceful space. And now that I know that they came for that season of my life, the love I have for them is beyond what I had before. So maybe some of us need to look at that. That who, probably that guy, that lady, was there for that season. And it was okay. Because God has plans for you. God has a purpose for you. Probably. Whoever you will meet tomorrow, may God give you the ability to ask, Lord, the person coming into my life, what is that for? Amen, Bazalwan. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at emdurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.